Greetings, and welcome to issue number 41 of Sake Industry News. It's been an interesting few weeks in Japan. The weather has been threatening an early rainy season, and the continuing state of emergency, which has been extended until June 20th, has seen restaurants, bars, and sake breweries put under further strain as sake sales continue to trudge along at a lethargic pace. There's bound to be better days ahead, but for now, silver linings abound. The amount of quality online Zoom events and webinars continues to grow, bringing the sake community closer together. And, of course, despite the grim state of the restaurant industry, the sake itself hasn't gone anywhere. There's plenty out there, which, fortunately, in this day and age, can be ordered online with a couple of simple clicks. I guess we can be thankful this didn't happen in a more technologically deficient era, or we'd be in big trouble. We look forward to the day when we can bring you nothing but happy news of sake, prosperity, rainbows, and unicorns. But for now, we chin up and drink on. And now for the news. Dasai comes out swinging. In news that certainly set the social media scene on fire the past week, Asahi Shuzo, brewers of Dasai Sake, took out a full-page opinion advert in the Nikkei newspaper lambasting the Japanese government over its treatment of the service industry in its handling of the COVID pandemic. In the advert, CEO Kazuhiro Sakurai points out that the local economies are where the future of Japan's prosperity really lies. He adds that with the current lockdown measures in place, restricting venues from serving alcohol and forcing them to cease trading by 8 p.m., the government is essentially forcing businesses into bankruptcy. The advert also points out that the breakdown of COVID transmissions in Japan showed that 52.1% have been through households, 16.2% through workplaces, 7.5% through welfare facilities, and only 2.9% through restaurants. Despite this data, only restaurants are being held to such rigid restrictions, which even those in power have been flouting as they have been caught dining out, further suggesting that even they do not believe their service industry is the main culprit in the spread of COVID. Sakurai says it's unbearable to see restaurants, which have been conveying the charm of Japan to the world through its food, silently having to close their doors one after another. The reaction to the advert has been overall mostly positive, with many sake breweries and restaurateurs voicing their support, saying Asahi Shuzo is expressing what's been on everyone's mind. Perhaps the only line that caused any real contention seemed to be in the claim that, if this continues, restaurants will be the biggest victims of the coronavirus. Although not specified in the advert, it's likely safe to assume Sakurai was speaking from an economical point of view and not ignoring or dismissing those that have lost their lives to COVID. Ultimately, it was great to see a brewery of Asahi Shuzo's stature use its position to state a case for the service industry and, in turn, the sake industry, which is also being severely affected by the Japanese government's handling of the COVID pandemic and the vaccine rollout. Whether the plea has any effect or simply falls on deaf ears in the government, we can't say yet. But it started a lot of conversations, which is surely a good thing. Indeed, many breweries lauded Asahi Shuza for their courage and commitment in placing a huge op-ed in a major newspaper. All around us, we see boarded-up restaurants to which we know we cannot return. 
And that, of course, affects alcohol producers, which affects rice growers, and it continues from there. There's little to add, but hope does spring eternal. Next, more geographical indications for the sake world. In Yamanashi Prefecture, following hot on the heels of Hagi in Yamaguchi Prefecture being awarded GI status, Yamanashi Prefecture has also been recognized with geographical indication status. The announcement makes Yamanashi the ninth region in Japan to be recognized for Nihonshu and the first prefecture to hold two GI designations after being recognized for its local wine in 2013. Like all GI designated products, Yamanashi sake must meet several criteria in order to be eligible to bear the GI seal. Such criteria include using water from one of six designated sources in the Southern Alps, which include Yatsugatake and the Northern Range and domestic rice higher than grade 3 of inspection. Alcohol additions may not exceed 10% of the weight of the rice. On May 17th, the first certification meeting was conducted at Yamanashi Sake Breweries Association headquarters. Eight breweries submitted 34 sake for consideration. Attendees from the Tokyo Tax Agency, Yamanashi Industrial Technology Center, and Prefectural Sake Brewery Research Association tasted and assessed the sake presented but have yet to announce the results. This is getting interesting. There are at least two more prefectures that I know of working on GI programs. I know at least one that will not take that route, but I wonder how many of Japan's administrative areas will be able to secure GI. It's going to get increasingly challenging, methinks, but it's worth the effort for most places. Next, aged sake wins top honors. In France, aged sake has been recognized on the international stage with three gold medals at the Concours Mondial de Feminelas wine competition in France. The awarded sake came from Takumi Sose, a venture firm that sources aged sake, as well as umeshu, shochu, and awamori from all over Japan, then rebrands them under its own Initiate no Bishu label. The group won three gold medals in the aged sake division. The competition is made up of 600 female wine professionals from all over the world who blind taste and evaluate submissions over a grueling 39-point criteria system. Due to the increasing popularity of sake, a new Nihonshu division was added last year. The three gold medal winners from Takumi Sose were a 1984 Iwanoi Junmai, stored in tank at room temperature, brewed by Iwase Shuzo in Chiba Prefecture, a 2009 Maburoshino Takiginjo, stored at room temperature in tanks, and brewed by Mikunihare Shuzo in Toyama Prefecture, and a 2010 Tatsuriki Junmai, also aged at room temperature in tanks, brewed by Honda Shoten in Hyogo Prefecture. Takumi Sousen plans to release the three sake as part of a tasting set. The full results can be seen at a link that you can find in the email version of Sake Industry News. Wow, this genuinely surprised me. The company behind it seems refreshingly proactive and clever. I've never doubted how good aged sake can be, even if I prefer people to understand youthful sake first before arriving at aged sake. And I usually shy away from products that are outsourced and rebranded. But these products have the producer clearly indicated. Very interesting indeed. Next, the curtain closes on a seven-year sake project. In Miyagi Prefecture, 
Since 2015, seven breweries in Miyagi Prefecture have been part of the Date 7 collaboration project. The project involves each brewery taking turns at hosting the other participating breweries at their facilities where the group collaborates on a new brew. The idea behind the product was for brewers to share ideas and techniques. This year saw Katsuyama Shuzo place host for the seventh and final year of the project. The final sake will be a Junmai Daiginjo brewed with Yamada Nishiki and will be available for purchase from July 7th. The sake will also be available for export overseas. It will retail for 2,970 yen for a 720 milliliter bottle. Sake Industry News reported on the Date 7 project about a year ago, but then I did not realize it was only going to run for seven years. While I'm sure it was a hassle, I thought it was great marketing due in large part to the quality of, or perhaps my fondness for, the brewers involved. Thanks to the Date 7 and looking forward to tasting this one, which will be released on the seventh day of the seventh month. And moving back up to Fukushima, another brewery goes green. Daishichi Shuzo in Fukushima Prefecture has announced its commitment to reducing the use of plastic packing materials used in shipping in order to promote sustainable development. The brewery aims to eliminate the use of plastic and switch to cardboard-based materials by summer of this year. Daishichi Shuzo worked with Nagoya-based company Dynapack to come up with easy-to-assemble, environmentally friendly packing materials. A representative of the brewery said they aim to be more environmentally friendly throughout the whole process, from brewing to shipping. The brewery also hopes its overseas customers will recognize its efforts to further achieve sustainable development goals. I sense a burgeoning movement and trend at its nascent stages. Sustainably produced sake. That has a nice ring to it. Next, the results of the Fine Sake Awards have been announced. In Tokyo, the Fine Sake Awards, also known as the Sake in a Wine Glass competition, were held on April 8th in Tokyo. Entries were received from 261 breweries across the country. The competition was divided into five categories. The Fine Sake Award Japan Main Category, Sparkling Sake Category, Premium Daiginjo, Premium Junmai, and Premium Sparkling Sake Categories. Of the 1,000 sake submitted from the breweries, 253 were awarded gold medals, and 57 were awarded grand gold medals. While in one sense this is just another tasting competition, the results are great for seeing just which sake are likely to be well received by those that enjoy expressive and balanced sake, like this guy. Next, the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association State of the Industry Seminar. As reported in our last issue, the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association held its seminar on the current state of the sake industry in Japan. More than 400 attended the live webinar, which has now been uploaded to YouTube to view. Alternatively, some of the facts and figures that were discussed and presented can be viewed via links that you can find in the email version of Sake Industry News. There's plenty there to digest. Next, Fushimi is still doing it tough. In Kyoto, breweries in one of the Japan's most well-known and popular brewing regions are reportedly struggling under the weight of the COVID pandemic and the state of emergency restrictions. 
Fushimi sake is normally distributed fairly evenly, with about half distributed through retail and about half through on-premise bars and restaurants. Some breweries have reported 2020 shipments as being 30-40% to 40% less than the previous year. It's been reported that 20 breweries belonging to the Fushimi Sake Breweries Association are in significant financial difficulty. The current third state of emergency prohibits alcohol sales through restaurants and bars. Sales through retail and online channels have barely been enough to keep the lights on for some. Many breweries have reduced production by 20%. According to liquor wholesaler Kyoya, which boasts a roster of 700 restaurants as customers, 60-70% to 70% of venues are considering closing. Sales have reportedly dropped by 60% before the state of emergency and have since dropped further to a 90% decrease in sales. Even Hyogo Prefecture, Japan's largest production region, is struggling. Kobe Shushinkan, producers of Fukuju Sake, reports a sales slump of 30% compared to the same period in 2019 after the third state of emergency. Production of Yamada Nishiki in 2021 has also reportedly dropped by 25% to 10,000 tons. Remember that the Fushimi region in Kyoto is the second largest producing region and, which is in the above-mentioned Hyogo prefecture, is the largest producing region in Japan. There are many companies in these two regions and a handful of them are quite large. These are the two historically and culturally most significant sake brewing regions in Japan and it would be very, very unfortunate to lose companies in these places. Let's hope they can weather it through. Next, a report on the National Sake Awards. In Hiroshima, the National Research Institute of Brewing announced the results of the Zenkoku Shinshu Kampyokai, or the Japan Sake Awards, for 2020 brewing year, awarding 207 gold medals. Nagano and Fukushima prefectures took the largest halls of gold medals with 17 each. The result gives Fukushima prefecture its eighth consecutive year as the prefecture awarded the most gold medals. This year, 821 sake were submitted for consideration. From the submissions, 413 won awards and of those, 207 were awarded the prestigious gold medals. This year, Brewers reported that the rice was the hardest it has been in 10 years. Brewers reported that experimenting with moisture levels was key to countering the unfavorable rice condition. Please see the email version of Sake Industry News for a full list of the Fukushima breweries that won gold and for a link to the gold winners from all prefectures listed in English. And don't forget Nagano Prefecture, my second home in Japan. SIN readers may recall the final round of judging had to be cancelled last year, and so no golds were awarded then. This year seems back on track as far as the number of entries, awards, and golds looks. Congratulations to Fukushima, although that was not unexpected, and congrats as well to Nagano. The hard rice is a direct result of hot summers. Interesting to see how the brewers have learned to work with that a bit more effectively. Next, some industry stirrings. In Hyogo Prefecture, the brewer Nihon Zakari has announced it will donate 10,000 liters of high-level ethanol to local governments to assist with the COVID vaccination rollout. The brewery has allocated 2,000 tanks of 5-liter containers to local governments on a first-come, first-serve basis. And in Tokyo, on May 26th, Sake 100, a luxury sake brand targeting global expansion, 
and Clear, a web-based SACA information hub, announced that they have raised a total of 1.295 billion yen, which is the equivalent of 11.3 million U.S., through third-party allocation of new shares. Underwriters include the Jafco Group as a lead investor, existing investors Mitsui Sumitomo Insurance Capital, SMBC Venture Capital, Akatsuki's Heart Driven Fund, Open Source, and other investors. The group plans on using the new funds to support expansion into markets beyond its initial targets of Hong Kong and Singapore. The group hopes to bring its luxury brand export business to the U.S. and to UAE, as well as grow and develop its medium platform, Sake Times. Obviously, this is a significant investment, and the investors are equally significant entities. Sake 100 seems to have developed in both vision and clarity of objectives, and I have high expectations. I look forward to seeing even more concrete news on their products and development. And as our last story for this edition... Stats crazy. As the pandemic continues well into its second year, its effects on humanity are difficult to measure, since at any one point in time, conditions vary from place to place. It is clearly in retreat in some countries, stagnating in others, and in some places it's actually poised to take off yet again. Its effects on various industries, including the hospitality industry and, in particular, the sake industry, are equally hard to ascertain. While we can get a snapshot of conditions and related statistics at any one moment, it's very hard to glean anything useful from about what to expect in the coming months and years. For example, consider the statistics culled from the 2021 front pages of a weekly industry newspaper that I follow. On February 5th, sake shipments are down 10.5% in calendar year 2020. Futsushu is down 8.8%, Junmai Ginjo and Junmai Daiginjo collectively down 11.3%. On February 12th, exports were up 7.5% as some places rebounded on a sales or monetary basis year on year. February 26th, exports were down 12.7% on a volume basis year on year. March 5th, domestic shipments of Futsushu were up 5.5%, but all other grades, in other words, special designation sake like Honjozo, Junmai, and the Ginjo types, were all down double digits. Then, a week later on March 12th, January exports were up 40% by volume and 53% monetarily. March 19th, a week later, alcoholic beverages as a category were down in Japan 5.8% in calendar year 2020. On April 2nd, while unrelated to volumes, there are only 1,168 sake breweries active. We lost 90 breweries in the last three years. On April 9th, February domestic sake shipments are down 8.2% over the previous year. April 23rd, February exports are up 15% by volume, 43% monetarily as Asia and the U.S. continue to recover. May 14th, sake is down 9.6% for fiscal year 2020, which runs from April 1st to March 31st of the next year. On May 21st, exports were up a whopping 38% in volume and an even more whopping 60% monetarily, thanks in large part to the Asian market. Also, domestic shipments of sake in March 2021 were down only 1.5% compared to March of 2020. As is evident from the above, the stats over the last few months are all over the map. In fact, stats like this for industries like, but not limited to, the sake industry are indeed typically hard to understand. 
But on top of that, COVID has thrown such a wrench into the works that it's even harder than usual to see a trend in the downfall of sake and hopefully in the subsequent recovery. Statistics are a tangled knot of immediately measurable effects, others that are delayed by weeks or months, peripherally connected effects, and those that will not actually be noticeable or measurable for months or years. Some combine to form a vicious circle, too. Consider the fact that right now, since April 29th and continuing until June 20th, no alcohol can be served in restaurants or, of course, bars in most major cities. The reverberations of this will not be totally hashed out for a long time, and the effects might ripple into other related industries as well. And in that recovery, there will inevitably be setbacks as well. The market sectors that are affected vary as well. Near the beginning of the pandemic, Futsushu was holding its own, but premium sake was taking the hit. Maybe not so much anymore, as lately inexpensive sake is down like 20% over the previous year. It's all a moving target, and trying to assess it is an exercise in futility. But try, we must, just with lowered expectations of seeing a meaningful trend. Readers may notice that there seems to be more stats about exports in the headlines above. This might seem a bit odd, since exports are only about 6% of all sake sales. That's basically down in the noise of fluctuations. But even that point will vary from brewer to brewer. I know a couple that export a lot of their sake, like 30-50% to of their production, and they seem to be doing very well amidst all of this. And also, exports seem to be the lone source of positive news, at least of late. Less commonly reported amongst the statistics, the ones that I read anyway, is that restaurants and retailers are going under too. Retailers because in Japan they sell to restaurants. Yet, at the same time, new, entrepreneurial, or just plain crazy restaurateurs are planning openings where others have closed down. Equally hard to follow. So in the end, it might be best not to pay too much attention to the statistics related to the sake industry as we work our way through the pandemic. Odd though it might sound, we have no choice but to put our nose to the grinding stone and drink sake and do our best to get others to join us too. This too shall pass, and let's all do our best to help the sake industry get through it as best as can be managed. And with that, we wrap up the 41st edition of Sake Industry News. Thanks for subscribing, thanks for reading, and thanks for listening. Amidst all that's happening, please stay safe and healthy. We'll talk to you again in a fortnight, and until then, come by.